How are we doing, everybody? This is AJ Torres from Calling Strikes, courtesy of Undrafted Sports. And I'm excited that we got a couple of guests today. We got the Blue Bloods here. We got Zach. We got Brandon. I've been very excited about this episode. Uh, these guys are anything college football. These guys will cover you. And the main reason why you might think why we have two college football guys on a baseball podcast is really because well, as you can kind of notice, I got the Kansas City Chiefs uh, jersey and hat on. I got my Larry, Jer Larry Johnson jersey uh, on is because when you are a fan of a team, and usually it's baseball, and you end up going into unfamiliar territory. I just had uh, Sam uh, Belcher on in the Fran. Now, imagine Sam being a Seahawks fan and in the Forbidden Temple of the Connecticut and Massachusetts area. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. It's tough. It's absolutely tough. And before the Super Bowl, also tough. So oh, as you man, can imagine, I... Sam's in a little bit of pain. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, man. Well, we brought two good guys on because both of us coming from Mobile, Alabama, we didn't have any professional teams. So I felt like we were exactly. given like a one free bandwagon pass growing up. You were. Yeah, of course. And ironically, the teams you wrote for are not Alabama. Not at all. No. Yeah. Well, hey, well, I, Auburn, Auburn. You see the jerseys behind me. At least it's in Alabama, and like that's where I went to college. So I have like some connection there, a little bit. I live in Baton Rouge. If that makes like the LSU stuff up here any better. <laughs> <laughs> You see, Brandon, just, so, like, when, we're, when, like, you're from Alabama, like, the college football choice is kind of made for you for the most part. Like, you have Alabama, you have Auburn, and then you had the wrong choice because they both hate you. And Brandon made that wrong choice by picking LSU. So, everyone just hated him for his choice of those Tigers instead of the Auburn Tigers or, you know, going to the dark side to Alabama. And you know what was even worse is when I moved here, like, a year ago, People and I, like when I had explained myself, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm from Alabama." They're like, "Oh, we're not going to get along during football season." I said, "I think we will." <laughs> it's been nice. It's also funny because uh, I always said it goes by a territory. Like uh, for example, uh, I live in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. I work uh, just across the border over in uh, the state of New York. It's a town called Brewster, and where I am as far as college football goes, I mean. It's not really that much of like a big thing from here. It's like, you know, people root for UConn if uh, it's basketball season. That's really about it. I mean, when it comes to sports, like some people be like, who the hell watches lacrosse? Well, believe it or not, Yale and Harvard have great lacrosse programs and they're big rivals with each other. Not just with students and GPA, but the fact that you mentioned them in sports, it's like ridiculous to a lot of people. You know what I mean? So when it comes to colleges, there's a lot of people where it's just like, you know what, let me turn on ESPN or, uh, you know, maybe like a Pac-12 game. And then it's just like, let me pick a guy or, you know, he got drafted or whatever. It kind of goes from there. There's never like you're born and you got something set up unless your father or your mother kind of put you in that jersey as a kid. Right. right. Yeah, that's been one of the big criticisms that, like, at least, like, I've heard of college football. So, like, for us, we're from Mobile. I mean, even, like, Brandon, like, technically wasn't born in Mobile. A lot of his family is in Louisiana, Mississippi. So, like, like both of our families and, like, I have ties to, like, Florida and 
everybody in like the South watches college football. Like, I don't think me and Brandon, if you, me and Brandon know people in high school who did it and they got like bullied in high school. It was like, do you do anything for fun? Like, like people, it's more common down where we're from. And it was kind of a big culture change for me to go from Mobile, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama to Kansas now where people up here don't watch a lot of college football. And it's like, no one where we grew up, like it was college football, then the NFL, then MLB. And like, so the, I guess the way that I always grew up is I just thought everyone in the country watched college football. And now that we have the college football podcast and we've been more places, we found out that, you know, we're one of the few that pay this much attention to college football. And it, it, you're right. It is a cultural thing. And, an area of the country thing. And it can really shock me once I kind of got out of like my home area to see how many people really don't watch a lot of college football and don't have a team they root for. And that's exactly why I brought you guys here is because uh, the one of the reasons why uh, that, well, a big long story short, uh, Matt and McConnor really got me into doing a show. I, I just considered myself as a writer, a journalist, an author, and that was really much else. But then there was a part of me that was just kind of like, do you want to do it? Do you want to help expand the game? And, you know, just expanding sports, doesn't matter if it's just baseball or not. And, you know, I had Makana on here. And if you listen to his episode, he'll tell you that uh, we actually have something tabled for later for the worst fan bases ever. And oh who, do you th- who do you think he said is the worst fan base ever? Like it, it is. Gotta- it's college. It's college. I know. I know the right answer. Uh, yeah, I know the right answer. But I, it, so it, the three that always are picked from college football. All, so I'll say the one that's unfair because I've experienced the fan base twice. And it's not as bad as people think. And that's LSU fans. LSU fans get the worst rap of all time. Alabama fans and Ohio State fans are always the worst fans in the history of anything ever. And they should be one and two on any list. They should be above. Patriots fans, they should be above. Astros fans, anybody you want to put, I promise you Alabama and Ohio State fans outdo them. Now, it's funny because you could say ownership. I know who the bad owners are in North American sports. I will tell you it is Dan Snyder. Uh, Fun fact, (laughs) by the way. Um, when I was, if you guys have paid attention to the group chat, if I ever uh, mention a man named Uncle Tim, um, it's actually a cover-up name. I can't say his real name because uh, Dan Snyder has these goons that are in these offices all day. And if his name is in any sort of press, podcast, newspaper article, they will run through the system and actually revoke him of his season tickets. Are you serious? <laughs> that's I swear to God, man. They I mean, revoke, that, that's, if that's, his name badmouths the Washington Redskins football team – or the next name that comes out, he will have his season tickets revoked. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, this is the same, this is like the same scumbag who literally like was sexually assaulting cheerleaders in Mexico. Like, does it, doesn't surprise and me. All, and also the, th- the funny thing is we keep saying, Oh, these guys are suspended. Oh, these guys are paying fines. Well, Mickey Calloway, the angels, he's got fired and he could, be reinstated in 2022, but where's the criminal charges? Yeah. Where are those charges? I'm sick of it. But, That's um, what I was about to answer, say. But to answer that <laughs> question, he says the worst fans are the Oregon Duck fans. No. That's See, okay. a lie. That's, that's a lie. Mind that's you, a lie. Right? He's a Stanford fan. We're, but, yeah, you know, that's a lie. 
He only says that because Oregon beats up on Stanford by 30 year in and year out. I've met a bunch of Oregon. So, you know, Auburn, Oregon um, don't play a lot because, I mean, in case you guys don't follow college football and you're listening, one's in the Pac-12, one's in the SEC, all the way across the country. They never play. They played once in the national championship in 2010. Auburn won. Dyer wasn't down. And then they played in the season opener in 2019 in Dallas, actually. And I went to that game. And we tailgated all day. We came down like two days before, met all these Oregon fans. Not a single one was bad. And after the game, so the way we won was outrageous. Like Bo Nix hit a last-second pass, and Oregon won the whole game. They could have been salty. I would have been throwing punches if I was on the opposite side. I had like five or six of them be like, man, that was one of the best games I ever saw. Appreciate meeting y'all. We tailgated with a bunch of them. Listen, Georgia fans are worse than them because they'll bark at you. That's their chant. If you're walking by a Georgia fan and you're the rival team, they will bark at you. A grown man will bark at you. And I saw in the Tennessee game, I went to Georgia, Tennessee. So I wore a black shirt. I was neutral. They hit a Hail Mary. This fan, there were like two girls sitting in front of them, two like ladies. And this grown man poured two Cokes on their head after the game and said, fight me if you want to do something about it. And I was like, that's that's on, the top of energy. That's like some black Air Force energy right there. Like that is terrible. Hey, I'll, I'll, I will just say, speaking of which, the the amount of people that wear Nike Air Forces that are all blacked out, <laughs> they're not felons. You could count them on one hand. Yes, that's <laughs> he wasn't. Wearing, we're in Georgia, so mind you, he was wearing like cowboy boots, but. Underneath, there had to be some black air forces or something. You don't just pour a whole drink on two on two females and say do something about it if you don't I'm have don't you at least some cheap beer there. like uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon or some shit. Greatest <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> that happens. By, by the way, Brandon, that's not a Dodger set, is it? It's a Dodger set. Well, he's a Dodger fan. That was his bandwagon. Well, well, I just gotta say this, man. We keep talking about the. We had five, uh, three from the Jazz game. Uh, one from the Washington game and one from the Nick game uh, last night. Tonight is the 27th. Yesterday is the 26th. We had five fans banned from arenas yesterday. But have you noticed that every time that you see uh, a caption that says Major League Baseball crowd fight, most of them are Dodger fans or quote-unquote Dodger fans? So I will and say- Mind you, they before the Philly fans, before the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, they said every single Philadelphia fan base boos more than they cheered. But then after the Super Bowl from the Eagles, everything got toned down. And now it's starting to, listen, as much as I'm a Yankee and Ranger fan, I hate the New York fans just as much as it is, but... My my cousin got a visit from Derek Jeter when he was in the hospital as a kid. So obviously, there's no way that could just go away from me. It's in my blood at this point. I was such a young age. But yes, I am hating a lot of the Yankee fans. But still, doesn't that piss you off? You see Dodger fans, and you see some of the girls fighting, and they fight like hands on top of their head, like they're anime characters. Like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say I've been to a few games at Dodger Stadium. I, I used to live out on the West Coast for, for a little less than a year, but uh, I've seen a couple of Dodger games. Um, don't walk in that parking lot after dark because you, you might get stabbed. I'm not sure. At least I was wearing Dodger blue, so I was in the safe. Like, no one was messing with me. Uh, I will say, I don't think enough people are paying attention to the Padres fans recently. 
I've seen a lot of really, really bad Padres fans, especially that one dude who slept the Rockies fan a couple weeks ago. But Sleep. also, okay, just remember, the Padres bandwagon has been building the last two years, for one, and then there's been a lot of them that have been hiding. The that guys is- that are at Friar Talk, they – they have paid their dues. They've been through a lot of pain. And there's a lot of people. Um, I was on a McConaughey show with Joshua, and these guys are going, oh, this guy's not a Chiefs fan. My first quarterback for in a Chiefs uh, hat was Trent Green. Don't bullshit me about the bandwagon. You think I was proud of Trent Green being my quarterback? Come on. <laughs> he he did okay for a while, but I, I do want to say yeah, the okay, okay. <laughs> well, he, okay, but here's the thing. Okay, Ladamian Tomlinson being our daddy for about a decade, so mediocrity at best. Do you know how hard that is to live with? And they're saying, oh, you know, Philip Rivers is a top five quarterback if he's on a better team. You know how many excuses until he got old. Do you know how many excuses this guy had for his whole entire career? And listen, do I think that he should be in the Hall of Fame as a Chiefs fan? Yes. But do you have any idea how many passes that guy got in the media? It made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, but I mean, you know what's not mediocre, though? I mean, y'all say there's been a lot of Dodgers in the media fighting. They win a lot. I don't want to say that. I don't know if there's like some organized fighting out there in L.A., but every time I see a fight, someone's getting slept, and it's not the Dodger fan. <laughs> it just seems to be everywhere. It just seems to it be does. what it is. And as far as I'm concerned, it's weird because the Dodgers at any point could win 10 in a row or lose 10 in a row. It's one of those weird things the last – I want to say that's been going on since 2013, but that's just the kind of – I don't know. Maybe it's a coaching thing. Maybe it's a mental thing. But that's just kind of how they work. I know what it is recently. It's a it's a uh, it's a Dave Roberts thing. It's the he cannot manage the bullpen for to save his life, and it makes me so mad every you know, single night. But uh, in defense, though, I remember when they put two hundred fifty million dollars in that team a couple years ago, and you had okay, you have Jensen, and then what? You spent all that money, and then guess what? No bullpen. And that was not Don Manningly. It doesn't matter who he got out of there. These guys had rest. These guys, you know, it's like, hey, is it physical? Is it mechanical? Is he healthy? Is it my decision-making? Nothing freaking worked for that guy. And a lot of people put it on him. Right. Dave Roberts I'm, isn't that much of an upgrade. I think Don Manley could handle that team. I just think that he was ridiculed too much. Right. I, I mean, honestly, imagine like if, if that Astros like series and like where like they beat you Darvish to death that one night. If that doesn't happen, imagine that bullpen now with Darvish and Kershaw and uh, Jance. I mean, the Astros made them lose like two or three pitchers that now have turned out to be like, hey, we're really we really weren't ever the problem. Well, you Dar- you Darvish really turned it around. He really did. He's a stud Before, now. I mean, dude I mean, is killing it. He has. He wasn't a great call by will say, but so far as a Padres player, man, he's just the man. He. I mean, granted, he had a lot of mechanical issues. I think, you know, he's getting healthy, uh, some mechanic adjustments, and he's phenomenal. He really is underappreciated uh, within the last couple of years. 
But uh, moving moving on, I mean, <laughs> t- tell me, Brandon. So currently you're in Louisiana right now? Yeah. How is it, especially since Louisiana, they'll have like, uh, they'll have some minor league teams around there. But I imagine um, as if you think about MLB, um, is it a, uh, tell me, what's the fan base down over by you? Does it go by a Florida team? Does it go by the Braves? Do you it, go over to Texas? It, it pains me to say that this is Astros country and I hate it. Wait a minute. So they moved all the way out. You know what's actually funny? And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because you guys know bandwagons in college football. Have you noticed that the Rangers went back-to-back World Series, lost them both, there's a neutral territory for three years, and then it's all Astros? It's all Astros. I mean, it's and, – and to be fair, oh, yeah. to be fair, I'm in Baton Rouge. I mean, it's the state capital. We're like four hours away from, from Houston. It's the closest team to us. It still it just irks me, dude, because I hate the Astros. Like I can, and I, I didn't like the Astros before the World Series. Like Zach, Zach can attest to that. Astros fans have always gotten under my skin because they just seem to come out of nowhere. Is the thing like no one was an Astros fan five years ago. And I could agree to that. Yeah, they are in yeah. hiding, and the Rangers are doing well. They went back to back World Series. Right. It's just crazy, but. I mean, the reason why I brought you guys here is because, well, man, think about it. You're a Dodger fan in the Forbidden Temple of Louisiana where you have these wannabe Houstonians breathing down your friggin' neck. And I, I, I applaud you. I have a lot of sympathy. And, I mean, does it suck wearing a Dodger hat to a sports bar or a restaurant? I mean, is it awkward? I wear it with pride, dude, because guess what? Dodgers are the reigning World Series champs, and they didn't get caught cheating doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So yeah. I don't know. It it um it is Astros country here, but the one thing that I don't think that we I don't think we stressed enough is that like professional sports here in the South. Like people don't really care about them. And I know that's odd. Like Zach and I, like we 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 ride hard with our major with our major league teams, with our professional teams, whatever it be. A lot of people don't. So like you'll see a lot more LSU baseball jerseys than you will any any major league jersey here. And ironically, uh, Alex Bregman uh, did go to LSU. I know. I know. I. I mean, I can imagine that irks you quite more, doesn't it? It kills me every single time. (laughs) And and the thing is, right, the funny thing about it is that if you go by the apology, he's just kind of like, eh, and then Carlos Correa was the worst about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Altuve is just kind of like, I'm sorry, the big boss. And then it's just like you got those two. It's like, okay, now I really want to throw at your head. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not because of what you guys did as a team. It's just like, okay, I just want to throw at you for talking a whole lot of crap. Exactly. We're sick of it. Exactly. Shit. A can of uh, whip ass doesn't have an expiration date. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh tell but tell me, uh future Dr. Zach, uh <laughs> you're in Florida now, right? No, I'm in oh, Kansas now. Oh, you're in Kansas. That's right. Um, I know you're yep. a Dolphins fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> so exactly, 
And you, you've told me about, uh, you know, the pain with uh, some of the picks, some of the decisions, everything else. But it kind of comes down to this. Now, when I was growing up, of course, the Rams were still in the, the area over there. And I want to say uh, it seemed kind of neutral, uh, a ratio of Rams to Chiefs until the Rams skipped town. And even though they argue that there's no fans over in L.A., it kind of went to Chiefs country which was really bad on their end as a whole. But how does it feel like? Because I can imagine if you were to pawn a Dolphins jersey tomorrow and go to a restaurant or a sports bar, I'm pretty sure you got people like me that are kind of looking at you and being like, big man with the beard, what in the hell are you doing, son? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean so how does like, that, that work for you? So like I'm not a huge jersey guy. So like I, like the last I think the last jersey I bought for the Dolphins was a Jarvis Landry jersey, and I probably put I probably haven't put it on in like two years. But like I do have like a Dolphins shirt that I wear sometimes, and I get looks. But I, like you said, I'm a big dude with the beard, and a lot of people don't say much to me. I mean, it's just kind of like okay, like I could talk crap, but he's pretty big. Like he's a big dude. So, like, I've got, like, one question about it, and then I kind of explain how I became a Dolphins fan. They're like, fair enough. But I get a lot more looks because, as Brandon said, we're way more invested in college sports. I wear my – I wear something Auburn – Brandon could tell you every single day, whether it's a hat, a shirt, a hoodie, something. Like, I'm always wearing something Auburn unless, like, I'm wearing our merch or something like that. Um, and I get way more looks for that because – I remember I wore it to class. It was like my first year, um, like a teaching assistant. So the whole class is coming in. It's like week one of college football. I got my Auburn shirt on and the teacher called me out and was like, why aren't you wearing K-State? And I was like, well, um, I'm not a Kansas State fan. And like Auburn plays, it was back when we played Washington week one. So it was like a six versus nine matchup. And I was like, this is a top 10 matchup. Like I got to rep my squad. Like, because I always wore an orange Auburn shirt with navy blue shorts. So it was like orange and blue along with the Auburn shirt. They're like, you know, Auburn came up here and beat us. And it was like 2014 was Auburn came up to Kansas State, put a whooping on them. And oh apparently they're still holding grudges about that. And the teacher was like, well, we need to start wearing some more K-State. And I was like, well, when they start having top 10 matchups, I will start wearing some more K-State. Well, just just remember this. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know how big I am, but I'm five foot seven, oh. 180 pounds, and so <laughs> you can imagine it's like, hey, I'm a Pacers fan too. And now, mind you, this is Knicks and Celtics territory that I'm in. Yeah, primarily. Oh. So it's like, although the Knicks fans, you actually shut them up pretty quick. It's like you see with the Pacers. <laughs> yeah, a little bit on for the and, Celtics. Uh, yeah, I. You know, I work with a guy, and he just goes, wait a minute. He points at it. Reggie Miller. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be easier with the Celtics now, now that, you know, outside of Tatum, they're pretty garbage. I mean, you know, Jalen's all right, I, but now he's hurt. I'm wondering what the hell is going on with there. I'm like, is it a chemistry thing? Is it a coaching thing? Did they lose the magic? Like, what was going on the last two years? It's as soon as Jalen got hurt this year, kind of ended their year. They they were doing all right, but then it's just they keep so the they could never figure the point guard situation out past Isaiah Thomas. Kyrie was a bust. 
Kemba's been a bust. The Gordon Hayworth <laughs> signing was an absolute bust. And, you know, they finished second, according to KD, to get his talent. If they would have brought KD in with how Jalen Brown and Tatum turned up, man, could you imagine what they could have been? And, you yeah. know, yes, the Nets, the Nets went out and spent a lot of money, but for the Nets to be the one seed making a run to the championship before the Celtics did, when the Celtics had their entire future, is you know, as much as Danny Age gets the credit for finessing that organization, the next, the, if the Nets win the title this year, they kind of get the last left, the last laugh, in my opinion. Did you hear about the ticket situation going on over here? Mm-mm. The Knicks playoff tickets apparently sold within the first half hour. But the oh, wow. Nets were – well, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest with you, man. Uh, it's it's funny because even when they were piss poor, it's the hardest ticket to get in the whole city in New York. I mean, Ranger tickets are pretty hard, but, I mean, you name it, that is the hardest ticket to get in the whole city is a Knicks ticket. And even though they might be an absolute, you know, it could be a bad matchup, whatever. It's a hard ticket to get. And, you know, it's no no surprise that they sold out fast. But the Nets, they were trying to sell them for half price. <laughs> if you're, wow. No, literally. They're saying like, hey, order now. We're going to have James Harden pay for half your ticket. So that means you're selling your tickets to the playoffs against the Boston Celtics. We're not talking about the Hornets. The Pacers, I think the team travels well. It's not them. The Boston Celtics are coming to town. You're selling these tickets for half off? Get the I mean, hell out of here. Crazy. I mean, listen, I, I'm a Celtics fan, actually. So like, that was my bandwagon for NBA is I went with the Celtics just because I was a huge Paul Pierce fan as a kid. Brandon could tell you, Allen Iverson and that, Paul Pierce are my two guys. If you follow a good player, that's fine. So yeah. you're are uh, so you a Dolphin fan, a Pacers uh, – I'm sorry, a, a, Dolph, a Dolphins fan, a Celtics fan, and what else, man? A Marlins. Marlins is where I went with MLB. Just Marlins, I, I just stuck right. to like the city of Miami, but I never was a big Heat fan as a kid. I just never got into it that much. It was before the LeBron uh, regime. Yeah, oh yeah, or? way before that. I picked my teams like because I was always into sports. Like when you're growing up in Mobile, man, you, you got to pick your teams early. Like we all picked our teams at like five, six. Like Brandon, it, everyone always calls Brandon a huge bandwagon for root for the Dodgers. I've known this guy since like fourth grade, and he has been a Dodgers fan from like day one. So like he picked the Dodgers when they sucked. <laughs> he yeah. picked so the Clippers I, yeah, when they, they sucked. They were pretty mediocre when I was growing up, especially early two thousands. I mean, uh, so how did you guys pick your teams? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> that's I, I, I mean, that's the one thing I've really been interested, in. and I know um I've been uh, I actually picked mine late, and I actually do think like uh, I actually been asked this question. I do have somebody. Uh, I hope to have somebody next week from Germany uh, tell me how he picked his teams. But I kind of like it when you're maybe not an adult, but when you're in high school and you know enough, you know who a good or bad owner is, uh, you know the good players, uh, you know how free agency works, especially back then. Because when I was a kid, free agency was still still kind of uh, early to the party. You know, it was it was a big loyalty thing. Uh, it wasn't these ratings weren't going uh, completely uh, out of the way. It's like if you go with uh, football, it's like free agency. It was huge. You would have to basically invite the guy to your house, pay for his dinner, and really, 
you know, have to convince them to sign. Baseball, it's like it seems like you went to the Yankees or the Red Sox when I was a kid, and that was your free agency. Yeah. So that part I'm, really didn't start back then. So, but now it's just crazy. Anything could happen. I got a city edition Oladipo jersey, and people looked at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me at least, like, so Auburn was easy. That was like when I was raised, and uh, ever so, ever so I can't remember, I was an Auburn fan. I mean, uh, self-explanatory. Brandon can tell you, yeah. I mean, Brandon could tell you I never missed a game. Like we were going to like homecoming and stuff, and I was watching it on my phone at whatever <laughs> we were doing. Like we had football games that we were playing. Like like when we played middle school football, we had like a Thursday night game, and we, and we had a thing. And like I was getting updates from like my parents. Like, let me know what's something. Like, Auburn games are like holidays for me. I don't work. I, like, my girlfriend knows we don't do nothing on Saturdays. Like, it is college football. Um, the Marlins actually is funny. So, like, my stepdad um, was actually from that area, and he was a big Marlins fan. And he happened to, like, you know, come into my life when the Marlins won the World Series back in, this like, 2003. This is 2000. Oh, this is 2003. Yes. I, yeah. I, and so, I remember that as a kid. Yes. A little painful. Yeah, and so that kind of got me into Miami sports a little bit for baseball because I never was a big baseball guy. I still not a huge baseball guy. Like I'll watch it here and there as like a casual fan, but not a baseball guy at all. But that was my team just because they were really good. My stepdad liked them and I just kind of stuck with them. Celtics due to Paul Pierce, one of my favorite players growing up. So I went with the player on that one. Then the Dolphins fan. My dad and my uncle were both Dan Marino fans. They grew up rooting for the Dolphins. So I just kind of got raised a Dolphins fan, and I stuck with them. And part of me wishes I wouldn't have. But um, at the same time, like, I, I never I, – I just stuck with them. And so I'll suffer. I got NFL Sunday ticket. I watch the Dolphins games just about every Sunday. <laughs> but it's been a tough road to be a Dolphins fan growing up. So, Well, just uh, remember this uh... – there was a time where I was a kid and me and my father basically had like this sit down conversation. Imagine being at a dinner table where it's uh, you, your father's across from you. And my dad's a very good friend close enough where I refer to him as my uncle Paul. He's a diehard Steelers fan. Right. So imagine you got one and two. Now granted, I've always respected the steel curtain, but I felt like I had to dig my own path. And, you know, my father's just kind of like, it wasn't like, hey, time to make you a Jeff fan. He's just kind of like, do I really have to do this? You're not on board with this, right? Okay, okay, that's good. That's good by me. Tell me when you make it be mine. But sure enough, uh, for Christmas one year, he did buy me a Priest Holmes jersey. And a lot of people don't think of him much because Larry Johnson was in the picture at the end of his career and he had those neck injuries. But if you remember, he had the single-season uh, record for uh, touchdowns. That was broken by Sean Alexander and then broken by LT, who will have that record for probably the rest of NFL history because the game has just changed so much. There's no way that somebody's going to score 29 touchdowns that's not a quarterback. Right, right. Whew. So I guess it's my turn. This is this is a lot of pressure on on Beta right now. So um, LSU. So I, okay. So I'm originally from Mississippi. I, I'm from like Southern Mississippi, um, almost no man's land as far as any sport goes. You know, it, it, there's no professional team in Mississippi. There's hardly college teams. We have Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Southern Miss for Division One football. Um, 
But I was born in Hattiesburg. It's where Southern Miss is from. That's where both my parents went. And, you know, you love to root for them, but they're not a Power 5 team. My my dad actually worked uh, on the sidelines at LSU games when I was a kid, like super, super young. Um, and he was a big LSU baseball fan, actually, growing up. You know, he was he was big into baseball. Um, he played in community college, but past that, nothing really else. Uh, but big baseball guy. LSU was dominant in the 90s in baseball. Um, he was an LSU fan, so I was. So that's, that's pretty much where that comes from. I moved to Mobile when I'm like five. Um, Zach and I met like pretty shortly after that, a couple years down the road. But um, in Mobile, if you're an NFL fan, Zach, who's your team? The, the Saints or Falcons? That's two choices. So with – with yeah, yeah, and, and listen to me when I say this. I love the Saints. I, I cannot get <laughs> on Saints. Uh, now I live in Louisiana. It's kind of paid off, um, but I mean that's the hometown team in, in Mobile. People love the Saints. I said there's probably more Saints fans than Falcons fans. I just kind of I'm actually surprised that. the Falcons stretch that over uh, far west. To be completely honest with you, but now it's probably being converted over the Buccaneers, right? Uh, A lot of people down here hate Tom Brady. So no. Yeah. Oh, thank God. The hey, <laughs> fellas, you have to admit, as much as listen, even though I consider myself a Yankee, I don't hate the South by any means, but there's a lot of people that are outside of these walls that are being like, praise Lord, that the people down south have the common courtesy to think that Tom Brady. Exactly. He's not the guy. The exactly. fact that we're not converting from him and not kissing his feet. What's oh, God. Zach. What's up? What's your thoughts on Tom Brady, dude? <laughs> That's the GOAT, the one and only GOAT. <laughs> He's a, I'm, a, I'm a huge Brady fan. He's been my favorite NFL player, even as a Dolphins fan. I love Tom Brady. And you're a Dolphins fan. Oh, my God. Well, we, yeah. but we we suck. So, like, I admired the winner. I was like, that's the dude that beats us 60 to nothing twice a year. Like, <laughs> my quarterback one year was Cleo Lemon. Do you all know what happened to him? He owned a car dealership. I don't even know if he, I don't even know if he's alive anymore. I have no idea. He went 0-16 with us. So, that's where Cleo I was. Lemon. Could you imagine that? Oh, yeah. Lemon Chevrolet. <laughs> Something like exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Brady fan, though, man. I, you, you can't take anything away from him. I, I just like greatness, man. Like, I like watching Le- what LeBron's doing. I like watching what Brady's doing. That's why I'm a huge Kershaw fan. Like, if you're doing it at that high of a level for that long and no one can stop you, that blows my mind. And I'm an Auburn fan, but me and Brady – and Brandon's an LSU fan. We both love Nick Saban because the fact that he can do what he's doing at the highest level, I mean – Man, you got to respect it at least. I respect it. I'm not a I'm not a Nick Saban fan by any means. <laughs> we're not a fan, so. but like we we're just like, man, can you believe? Like me, me and Brandon both think Nick Saban's already the greatest college football coach, maybe maybe football coach of all time. I will say though, um, there's not too much I got left to ask you. But speaking of which, uh, yes, I do think that Nick Saban is. Uh, I mean, if you look at what he's done to the program, he's got a system intact. And, you know, I always say that um, with NFL coaches, the one thing that made uh, Brady so dominant is because if you look at the division, the whole, for the most part, if we go by 2000 all the way to today, 
for the most part, it was, do we have our head coach? Yes. Do we have our quarterback? Oh, we'll search it next year. Or it was either, I don't like my quarterback, or I don't like my head coach, or I don't like my offense. Essentially, they had no idea what they wanted. They tried to structure it, but then they fire somebody, and they try to restructure it again. And there was no consistency for that amount of time. So when they're trying to get their act together, Brady and Bilicek just have everything aligned, and they just keep doing it. Now, granted, I hate when anything's tainted. And do I think that part of it is tainted? Yes, I do. And you have to admit that there is a lot of controversy that does surround it, good and bad. I just like when everything's done clean, no controversy. There's always going to be what ifs, but controversy could be prevented, but never erased, never yeah. erased. Yeah. But uh, the kind of thing that's been uh, searching my mind uh, for a while, and there's a lot of guys uh, who have asked about uh, Anthony Kay, uh, especially. Um, how do you think uh, Urban Meyer is going to do in Jacksonville? I'll, I'll I mean, you, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not a believer. I can't be. Um, we, no, we, I agree. We've seen, I don't know. Well, let's, let's kick it back to Nick Saban real quick. I mean, let's talk about what's going on like in that. Like, let's compare that because we've seen a lot of great college head coaches, right? And then we've seen them try to move on. No, don't give me that, Zach. I'll give you another. I'll give you another one real quick. So we saw what Nick Saban did in Miami. Under, understandably, wasn't fully his fault. Um, the the ownership wasn't really working with him. He didn't get his man Drew Brees, who that. Um, but we also, I mean, we saw what Chip Kelly tried to do in the NFL. That's exactly who I thought myself. Now, granted, I do think ownership is a part of it, and I do think that the Dolphins' ownership has been very rocky the last, I want to say, 15 years, to say the least. Yeah. At well, least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. I, I just I don't. There's not much of a translation between the college and the professional game, in my opinion, uh, especially when it comes to coaching. There's really not. They're they're two totally different games. Like you can believe that, or you don't have to believe it. I, I think they're two different games, but also I think it's just different structure uh, wise. Because you see, I think when you're Nick Saban, and especially when you don't have to worry about terms of money and everything else. I think that when you're in a college system, and a lot of people will tell you, it's like, hey, I got my system in the place. You guys want to win my way or the highway. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, there's no distractions like the NFL. Like, for example, right, when you are a college athlete and you are being stupid, like throwing your money away at the titty bar and skipping class. What's your coach going to do? He's going to open your room. He's going to dump a bucket of water on you, and he's going to be like, hey, son, get your shit together and let's go. In the NFL, guess what? That guy is going to be drinking beer and having wings. There's a lot of basketball players that are doing it, but this year they've gotten away with it. <laughs> Ironically, in a Mavs and uh, Clippers series again <laughs> – I digress, but it's just when you have a lot of guys, um, you know, there's, hey, I'm a veteran. You don't really get that too much in college. I mean, there's like, hey, I'm a senior, but then it's just like I'm an old timer and I've got more experience than you do. When you go with the fact of it goes by money, uh, guys that are, you know, past prime. I mean, if you're passing your prime and you're 20 years old, chances are you don't make the team. Right. 
where it's like if you're past your prime and suddenly, you know, the gas stops going at 26 years old, you're just done. That's just it. So when you got these aging players, these contracts, these different mentalities, there's a lot of reasons why I think that the NFL game uh, is a lot different than college. It goes by the athletes, the mentality, the structure. And there's a reason why I think that we treat the sports different. It's like, hey, I'm a football fan, but we'd go with college football and NFL football. It's like two different genres of music. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the similarities are going to start overlapping a lot more, especially with now how the transfer portal is being utilized and now the one-time free transfer. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more – like like you mentioned, the players having a lot more power in college football than they once had. And I think you're going to start seeing coaches having to coach a little bit differently at the college level. But I think it's going it's gonna to affect the newer coaches better because Nick Saban could just – I mean, he literally came out and said he recruited a player one time by putting his rings on the table, all the rings he won, national championship, conference championships, threw them on the table at this kid's house and said, do you want to be a winner or do you want to lose to me every year? I mean, but regardless if you think you're the best player in the country, you can't argue with that because no. the sad part is, I mean, me and Brady can tell you, he wasn't lying because if you don't commit to Alabama, he's probably going to beat you eventually. So, I mean, and who's transferring away from that? I don't know. And Alabama's been dominating the transfer portal, so Nick Saban's fine. But I think a coach who comes in and tries to implement – a Nick Saban coaching scheme, a Nick Saban mentality, and talks to his players like Nick Saban, I don't think he's going to be successful anymore because a lot of those players aren't going to buy in to losing five, six games a year and being treated like that. Nick Saban can get away with it because he's a winner. Well, that, I, I agree, and I think that's why the Urban Meyer thing isn't going to work. It's because uh, the one thing is that I keep hearing, too, is that um, if you have guys that have been there for multiple years – and it's different if you have a new regime or a new head coach coming in. But if you have a veteran in there and he's going to try and change the whole structure of everything and he goes, fellas, we're going to win, it's like you're forgetting something here, coach. This is the big boy league. Now, granted, do I think the Texans stand a chance? Because I, I'm assuming that uh, Deshaun Watson isn't playing, so – I'm going to say that they're marked out. But if you got them, the Texans, and the Colts, I think it's anyone's game, and I think that some people have to figure that out. Now, do I think that he's putting in a couple of players in there to take the pressure off of uh, Trevor Lawrence? Yes, I do. But there's a, the way that this is structured, I think it's going to be frustrating for a lot of guys. I think if you go by just his first year, I think it's going to be an overhyped fail. But if we go towards down the stretch, even Bill Belichick has said you need three to four years for a head coach to put his full system into place. And there's been a lot of guys uh, since the turn of the century that haven't had that chance. There's so many coaches fired within the first two years. And, you know, I like I like the three-year thing. As in like, hey, give me three off-seasons. Give me three drafts. Give me three solid regular season years to go for everything. And then you evaluate, and it's like, hey, if you lose your job, I mean, I think it's fair. Right. Yeah. I think there might I mean, be a little controversy if you're in the middle of the road and you're close to it. But if you suck for three years straight and your system's in place, 
I think it's fair you'd be shown the door. Same thing goes, I mean, it's a little bit different with other sports, but I think in football, I, I think that's genuine. Yeah, I think they're actually going to surprise some people this year because I think they're already the second best team in their division, though, which is going to be a huge help to Urban Meyer. Because I, do you believe in the Texans this year? No. Probably not. <laughs> Listen, not with that roster. Even, jo- even Josh will tell you. Now, grant- granted, I gave them an A for free agency, but for the draft, I give them a D. Yeah, well, they didn't have they, a, they, they didn't have any capital. But then I look at the Colts and – I mean, are y'all going to look me in the face and tell me y'all believe Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? Oh, God, no. Oh, speaking of which, um, remember when Josh and I were talking about about the draft and you said there's no way Joseph Asai is going to be there? And sure enough, he was. He was. And So sure enough, the guys that we wanted, the guys that we thought about, Ronnie Perkins was picked five picks after the their second pick, and they decided to go with David Mills over Joseph Asai. And what does this team have? This team has you. I would say Shaq Lawson and JJ Watt. You know, past prime JJ Watt are about the same. So you have no increase in pass rush, and you have a mediocre offensive line. You have too many tight ends. You have too many wide receivers that are not going to play to the point where instead of a bench, you might as well bring out couches. And what do you have? The need positions were not filled. You have one pass rusher, and that was two hundredth overall. That's why the draft is a D, and I could go an F. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they're the second-best team in their division, and then you look across the AFC – I don't think Zach Wilson's fixing all the Jets' problems year one. I mean, do we believe in Tua yet in Miami? Debatable. I mean, really and truly, I think I really can see them going like what now it's 17 game season. If they go, I won't be surprised if they're eight and nine, nine and eight, right around there. And they're going to pick probably 13th through 16th in the draft. They're going to be right there, I think. I really do. And it's just because they play in arguably one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. Hmm. I got you. I mean, it's just uh, crazy how it all works. But uh, you're one of those it people is. that th- – so we agreed that Urban Meyer is going to be a bust the first year? I think. I think. Zach doesn't, but we do. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to drag him by his shoestrings. Zach, Zach if anything. Lawrence is the – Well, I mean, we, but there's problem. so many times where – a quarterback could do well, but the coach could not do well. Yeah. I already don't like his signing of – I don't love the signing of Tebow. I thought they could have probably done a little – I mean, but you look at the roster. The roster's not bad. You get Chark and Kadarius, Tony at wide receiver. That's outstanding. Now you have Etty, uh, Travis Etienne as like a wide receiver slash like utility player. You already have one of the – arguably one of the offensive rookie of the years from last year and James Robinson, you address the offensive yeah. line. Yeah. I mean, questionable, but I mean, you address the offensive line for the most part. Your secondary was absolutely addressed with, with the um, Griffin signing. You draft well there. I mean, personally, I, I don't, I think they're, they're, they're a fringe playoff team at best, but are we going to say that he failed if they go eight and nine? I mean, how many wins would, would y'all consider him getting not to be a bust? 
You know, I think if um, I think if we go eight and nine, I think that's probably uh, I want to say expectation. Maybe that's the. I mean, I think the ceiling is probably ten wins. Yeah, I would I, say that. I think yeah. I think the floor is definitely uh, four wins, but that's mm-hmm. you know, that's just trying to get everything uh, there. I think you need. I think if that team is, uh, is it fair to say six wins or less? It's a bust the first year. I'm fair. I'm good with that. With with the schedule and how much talent, I, how much untapped potential I think that roster has. If they get below six wins, I think that's an absolute F for Urban Meyer. He has to win over six games. Plus, if you think that the Texans are that bad. That means if you erase the Texans, they need four wins. Yep. So you need four wins and then plus one to make it reasonable. Otherwise, yeah. it's a bust one for Urban Meyer. I agree. And I, I think they – I'm actually about – hang on. I'm about to pull up the schedule for you because I, I can tell you. Because I, I was looking at the schedules um, earlier, and I really thought they had like a decently easy schedule if I had – just based on, you know, preseason predictions and things like that. Because, I mean, let's see, week week one, I mean, they get Houston and Denver the first two weeks, and I don't think that, either those, of us those should be – Those should be relatively easy. And yeah, those should be two wins. I mean, Cincinnati, the Dolphins could be either way. I think they'll probably split with the Colts. The Falcons are on their schedule. The Jets are on their schedule. I mean, I definitely could see all those being a flip-flop games. They're definitely going to be competitive. And also, uh, if we take the quarterback situation aside, I want to say last year was probably the best one-win team we've probably ever seen. Because for the most part, that team just competed every single week. For the very most part. Sure. Uh, I mean... I think that was probably the best planned tank job ever, if okay. that's the case. Fair. Because it didn't look like they are completely out of it. It didn't look like there was a coaching issue. It didn't look like there was something else going on. It literally looked like they were competing. It's just that they had bad luck for 15 weeks. No. Yeah. Do, you, do you think we can blame their demise on, uh, on them cutting uh, Blake Bortles? <laughs> that that's that's probably one of the worst playoff quarterbacks I've ever seen on screen in person. He made it to an championship. He should have made a Super Bowl. Yes. Also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Tebow one of those uh, I call him heat eaters? As in, like the reason why Tebow is there is because if you have Tebow and uh, Lawrence next to each other. They're not going to all go over to Lawrence. Uh, half of them are going to go to Lawrence. Half of them are going to Tebow. So I, I got a weird conspiracy theory on this, and I want y'all to check me if I'm just like way off base with it. I will. I think they, I think they brought Tebow in because of Trevor Lawrence's comments. What what comments are you but, referring to? But before the draft, all the questions about his leadership and everything. I really think Urban Meyer brought Tebow in to be a mentor to Trevor Lawrence. You're out of line, Zach. Wait a minute. Actually, if I remember correctly, wasn't wasn't he saying like about the leadership thing? Didn't he just say like I'm not that guy or something like that? He, he just said football on his shoulder because he doesn't need to have a chip yeah, on his he's, shoulder. 
I don't need to have like a chip on my shoulder because I'm not that yeah, guy. Stuff like that. And so I just think I just think Urban Meyer brought Tebow in to like try to teach him leadership. This is when you think of Florida, like he was the face of Florida. He led that Broncos team. I mean, I don't I don't think he brought him in specifically because of the comments. I just think he wanted to be like, okay, can you kind of mentor him through his first year so we make sure he's ready to lead this team year two. He said, teach this that man and, uh, how to seek attention like nobody else. To teach him how to play <laughs> baseball when he's too bad to play in the NFL. And can I have my, uh, basically, my uh, unadopted son play football again to give him a job? He lives down the street. Why not? <laughs> bad uh, look. Geez. Bad look. Speaking of which, I, I got a – here's a funny one Well, before we uh, go ahead and end it. College football and the four major sports give me the worst fans. Oh wow! Like so, in, in so, each in each one, or like just the worst out of all of them? Uh, out of every sport. So if we start off with baseball, Ooh. we're probably going to say Astros, correct? Yeah, Astros fans are the worst. Anyone I, who denies uh, that they well, should get punished. No, I, I deny it. I think, I think Giants fans are the worst. Obviously, really, we got to talk to Maddox I, about that. I off the wall fans. No, it's not <laughs> off the wall. You see the hat I'm wearing? I hate it. Uh, uh, Av, you he can say off the wall because that could be biased. Well, it, it might be a little biased, but if you remember the ah, World Series wins in six seasons, and if you ever saw a Giants <laughs> fan, they were the most insufferable people on this planet. All right, so we have two Astros, one Giants. I'll, I'll take I'll take your word on it. I've never met a Giants fan, so. Well, if I if I had to give uh, the worst as far as baseball fans go, um, I do not like. Uh, I mean, I I could say Red Sox fans out of bias. I could say that there's some Met fans that are never ever gonna be satisfied. I mean, it's a very broad category, but also it's my main sport. So I mean, I would have to narrow it down to like a top five. So for football, uh, who do you got? Oh, go ahead, B-Dump. Patriots fans, I think. I mean, even now, like still, they suck. Oh, man. You see, I'm going to have an unconventional one. No, I take it back. I want to go Eagles fans. Can I go Eagles fans? You know, like I said, man, I got a lot of uh, different fandoms around here. The Eagle fans have toned it down, man. I'm still going Patriot fans because it's one of those mentalities. You're either with us or you suck (laughs) and there's no wiggle room. It doesn't matter if it's Seahawks. Doesn't matter if it's chiefs. Doesn't matter if it's Indianapolis. It could be the chargers. It's like, Hey, you're either us or you suck. And that's just all of them are there. If I had to go my top three for football, it's Patriots, it's Cowboys and there's Raiders. And the Raiders, as far as I'm concerned, every time they show the camera to the fans, there's no women in the stands, which is actually kind of funny. And what they all do, they have the tradition of dressing up like it's Halloween and beating the crap out of each other in the parking lot. Ooh, it's nice to be a Raiders fan. You got to love Oakland slash Vegas. It's a shithole. Oakland slash Vegas. I mean, I feel like I'm going to have an Oakland one. I'll say Falcons fans. I hate I oh, the Falcons fans. There's I gonna be a lot of controversy going on. There's a lot I, of Falcon fans on undrafted, man. 
man, they're just uh, that's fine. They can they can at me too, and I will I will have because at Auburn we, we got to have a show about this. But okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll have evidence because I went to Auburn. Brandon could tell you Auburn's like an hour and a half outside of Atlanta. So everyone in Auburn from Auburn, Alabama, is an Atlanta fan. And they think they're so good. They think they're the Patriots of the NFL, and they just suck. They've always sucked, and they're going to continue to suck. It's a terrible franchise. Like, you know, take, take, take it down. If you go by that, there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, Matty Ice, uh, Kyle Pitts, and Calvin Ridley, and Davis, and Hurst. Who's going to stop this team? Same thing when he had Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Hall of Famer, and one of the best tight ends of all time, Tony Gonzalez and Roddy White. What's going to stop you? Your own own ego, the (laughs) coaching, and the fourth quarter. Change my mind. Your defense sucks the royal you-know-what of the the male (laughs) anatomy. Your offensive line is in shambles, and what are you going to do? You're going to try and score 40 points on the board every single game? Well, guess what? You've been trying to prevent this rebuild for the last five years. How's it going, Chief? It looks terrible. I, We're sick. I just hope they, you suck. I really just, do something. I really just hope they learn how to do onside kicks, bro. That That is the single most <laughs> embarrassing like play in a franchise history. Dude, I'd rather have you can't, you can't blame the coaching that. on that one. That is simple football IQ. Was there something in the water that made everybody drop stupid? Did they it's did they terrible, lose the what, what was in the water cooler that made everybody act stupid? That's just that's stupid, man. That that that's that, that's, that's football one oh one, man. That's football one oh one. Okay, <laughs> so basketball, who you got is the worst? Uh, Lakers. Oh I hate dude, Lakers fans suck. <laughs> They're so <laughs> I don't I don't have a good NBA one because I haven't like I live in Kansas now. Not much NBA here. I'm from Alabama. Not much NBA there. I mean, I guess if I had to pick one just based on, like, social media, things like that, I think Clippers fans are the absolute worst. I know it's a little biased, but um, I'm going Knicks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to hate that pick. Well, here's the thing, man, is I will tell you this. There's a lot of New York fans, and I know that by living in the Connecticut and work and uh, New York area, there's not a lot of optimism. It's just high expectations and being very short-minded. And yeah. I'll, the last two times, I think the New York fans uh, – now, mind you, there's Empire fans and there's Metro fans. It goes Yankee, Nick, Giant, Ranger, and then there's Met, Net, Jet, Islander. But for either New York fan, the last two times that they were optimistic, the Yankees were one game away from the World Series. And the Knicks, before the year began, they were optimistic. Look at them. They think Tom Thibodeau could walk on water, <laughs> clinch the playoffs in the fourth seed. They said if a coach does that, he can barely walk on water. I heard that from John Deschramski. uh used to be J.J. After Dark before going on to the New York, New York podcast. I mean, seriously, optimism, people, it works. Yeah, no. uh, I will give a runner-up real quick for, for <laughs> worst fans. I think jazz fans really suck, like just in general. <laughs> you, guys, you guys seen these guys? You seen the guys? You seen Mitt Romney at a jazz game wearing his wearing his button-up shirt under his jersey? 
that's a thing, Zach. <laughs> They're awful. I thought that was just a rich white guy thing, but okay. But it's a Utah <laughs> thing, so it's kind of the same. It's thing. a Utah thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Does he does he drink uh, IPA at that game, or is it Apple Teeny? Well, they they can't drink, so it's uh, it's sparkling water. Ooh, with like dye in it, like food color. In. Maybe no, that might be too much. I don't, they're Mormons. I don't know. I don't know many Mormons. Sure, sure. Um, pass the pass the uh, bottle opener. It's right next to the tampon box. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> debatable, but the college so, football one is going to be so, easy for uh, you, man. Ho- hockey, I think, is definitely hard, but uh, I would say probably, uh, I'd say the Flyer fans are definitely up there. I I don't watch any hockey, so I will just keep my opinion to myself because I have I, I can't even name all the hockey teams. I'm a um, I'm a Preds fan, but. So I guess I very much dislike Pittsburgh. I hate the Penguins. I do. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's a very physical sport. So, I mean, if somebody said Red Wings, I'd be like, you know what? They suffered a little bit after uh, because the Detroit Tigers and the Red Wings owner was the same guy. He passed away a couple years ago. The Sun just hasn't gotten everything together yet. I just think he needs to sell the team and put somebody else in more capable hands uh, or maybe just have somebody run it differently. I don't know. But that's just such a hard one. And now here's the final question out of that last topic. College football. Easy. Who is the worst Easy. fan base? And I'm going to say Ohio State. That's a good second. That's a good second. I don't mind that one. Hey, think about uh, it. Even the athletes, right? And the thing that pisses me off more than anything, I remember when Joey Bosa got his contract offer from the Chargers, and he said, hey, they paid me more at Ohio State. Guess what happened if somebody from USC said that? That school would have the FBI go there and there would be a full investigation. Right. Nope. Ohio State, eh, fine. Why does it seem like they, a lot of people that graduate Ohio State to become football players just act so goddamn uneducated? It's not even funny. <laughs> Seriously, the players act uneducated and so are the fans. How could a great college supposedly come out with such a a whole, their own genre of moron, to say the least. I mean, it's garbage. It's like, hey, I came from Ohio State. If you said Michigan, that would have been fine. But now I just have to despise you and keep my guard up. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't care if have to say, buddy. I, I will take my medicine when's due. But if you're going to act like a moron, if you're going to act uneducated when you went to college, I have the opportunity and the right to roast you. You can back it up or you can take your medicine and shut up and go that way <laughs> to those people that are attending or, or an alumni. But what do you guys have? Man, well, we, could, uh, we could do an entire hour episode about how Alabama fans are the worst fans in the history of fan well, fandom, and it's not, it not even so. It's so bad because before they started winning national championships under Nick Saban in two thousand nine, yes, there were Alabama fans where we grew up. But I mean, Zach, you can attest to this. How many more Auburn fans were there in Mobile when we were growing up than Alabama fans up till like two thousand nine, two thousand ten? I mean, it was yeah, like 
It's probably like 70-30, like that kind of split. And then Alabama starts winning national championships, and suddenly 90% of people are Alabama fans. Not only that, but they're actual fans, like the ones who really who go to the games, they're ill students, don't show up until the third quarter. They don't show up. <laughs> or leave it by the third quarter. So, like, their stadium's always halfway full unless they're playing, a, like, a primetime, like, 7 p.m. game, then it's full. Then Nick Saban buses them in. But other than that, I mean, because they, they do play a lot of 11 a.m. games, I'll, I'll say that. But, dude, they if, don't play you know, anybody, Paul. They ain't playing nobody, Paul. No, yeah. dude, if LSU or Auburn played at 11, <laughs> if they played at 8 a.m., Zach and I would be at those games. It's like, come on. like you. If you're a fan of that team, you have teams that game, go to that game. And you know, like I, I actually wondered how that would be like too, is because I I ask uh, some of the guys on the West Coast, like there's certain things on the West Coast that I couldn't do, like I couldn't be in the stock market if I lived on the West Coast because at six o'clock on the East Coast I wake up for work, and nine o'clock I've already had my breakfast and coffee. I look at my stocks. At yeah. six a.m., if I got to look at them, I don't feel well if my stock went down twenty percent. I'm calling out of work and I'm cradling in my bed in a fetal position. But it's like football, West Coast, dude, I'd be totally down. Have freaking brunch and watch football? Why not? I want to try that one day. It's like, hey, Sunday, we make breakfast sandwiches and then we order a freaking pizza or something. Like, I'd love that kind of lifestyle on Sunday. Why not? It, it might be unpopular, but I, I truly do believe that the that the central time zone is the best time zone for football because we, really? get, we get NFL games starting at noon, and so we're from the south. You get out of church, go straight home, watch football at noon. Um, you, you get to watch Monday night football at 8 p.m. I mean, it's perfect. If the game's over by 11, you can go to bed and wake up the next morning and go to work. It's not over at 1 a.m. Like, oh, things like that. I don't know. To me, you're just so yes. Yeah, Central Tasso is nice for college football too. They start at eleven. Yeah. They end about eleven, and so it's just like a full a full twelve hours of football, and nothing starts too early, nothing is too late. But back to the Alabama question, I'm calling out Mike DeFran too because he embodies what an Alabama fan is, which is someone Ooh. who isn't from the school. And that guy's who a Twitter for Oh my god! Bandwagon, bandwagon fan right there. But anyway. Uh, Got to call my dude out, Mike DeFriend. You can come on the podcast, defend yourself. I'm calling you out here on AJ's podcast, but it's just people like that. Like they weren't, they, they, they aren't from, they aren't from that area. They never cared about Alabama until they started winning. They were like, "Hey, who's the best team? I'm gonna pick them." Like, and I promise you, if you, we did a poll and like a quiz about who knew the most about technical <laughs> football, Alabama fans, I think maybe 15 percent of them would pass. So is that is that because they're from Alabama, or is that just uh, the? Or is they don't that watch the, the fan games. Base I'm telling you, you, you can ask Brandon. And I have done a series of studies from the time I was like six till I'm 24 now. I have been to so many Alabama football parties, and Brandon has too. Not a single one ever watched the game. And I promise you, more I know more Alabama fans that can only name the starting quarterback and can't name a single offensive lineman's name. If you were an Alabama fan and you can you can tell me who the coach before Nick Saban was, I'll believe you. But <laughs> <laughs> then we got some issues. And don't say Bear Bryant because that's that was it's not wrong. 
And he didn't wear houndstooth either. That's no, a fake he wore thing. Plaid. He wore plaid. We had a whole episode ranting about Alabama fans one time, so we could do an hour of just the roast of Alabama you fans. Got, you, it's, guys it's gave, point. you guys got to link me that episode. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I, there's actually going to be a time where I think uh, – it's definitely gotten a lot bigger than what I thought it was going to be, but we're definitely going to have to get something going on where we got to just basically we're going to like make like a meeting of some sort. It's like we'll give like time like uh, for everybody to like have notes set up and we're going to vote on who is the worst uh, fan base in sports. Easy. Now, I, I could definitely argue my end, but then I actually think it's going to be me just, like, taking my notepad and me just going, like, uh, let's see, reason one, reason two. I'm going to see you two guys. I'm going to see McCann. I'm just going to go grab myself a drink and just <laughs> listen to rebuttal for the rest of the night. <laughs> got to be ha- uh, opening myself a cold yingling and listen to guys uh, <laughs> plead their case while I'm just going to be like, I lost, but I do not care. No, I'll be, yeah. ready co- I'll be chugging four locos over here. Just <laughs> <laughs> so. a lot of mad dog. Man, me and Brandon cut hey, our hey, teeth. Hey, having easy. To- uh, aren't, aren't you Pete College? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, me and Brandon cut our teeth arguing with Alabama fans growing up. So I promise you. I think me and Brandon could go toe to toe with anybody you want to bring on the podcast. That they, they, they don't stand a chance against us. Uh, honestly, I think maybe you got to bring. Uh, if you if you guys uh, do this, maybe I'll mediate for you. But maybe you guys on your own show should bring Makana on, and right. I'll just and I'll just uh, mediate like it's the great debate on TV. <laughs> I'll defend Oregon against Makana. Tell Makana to pull up. I'll, I'll be an Oregon fan that day. We could talk. Oh my God, we got we got so we got so many uh, shot calling right here. We got some. We got to dig against Matt and his Clippers. We got shots against the frame. We got call outs to the to Makana. I mean, wow. This is just this is so much. But hey, every I feel like every time I put a podcast on air. It's never a dull moment, and sure enough, you guys don't disappoint. Guys, thank you for everything. It's been a blast, but of course, this is your episode. So, Brandon, I'll have you uh, have the floor. Uh, tell us uh, what you got, and uh, we'll have uh, Zach send us off in a minute. Most importantly, guys, go check us out, the Blue Bloods College Football Podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's the – underscore underscore blue bloods we're gonna get that handle back from that science uh, study group or whatever <laughs> it is one of these days but for right now the two underscores play um listen to us wherever you stream podcasts on youtube watch us the blue bloods i think we're like the second result you get now which is like a big upgrade from like even a week ago where we were like below the dance team or whatever um we're moving on up guys zach knows the social media better than i do but Go check us out if you like college football. If you just like looking at two kind of ugly guys, go ahead. Go check out YouTube. <laughs> I can't. I can't follow that up. But guys, um, it's Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod, Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Uh, if you subscribe to us on social media, man, AJ actually won our first giveaway for a hundred subscribers, and now we're on the road to three hundred. 
get one of these get this awesome shirt another shirt which i don't know where it is and some other merch man aj's is on the way so make sure you guys go jump on that we got awesome here facts i appreciate it man shout out to you but yeah guys we got interviews with players like akil glass swag player of the year we're um going through each conference so since i believe we started in february every power five conference we've dedicated the month to have a special guest that covers that team come on the podcast do an episode about it so literally whoever you root for we have an episode for you man so make sure to check us out and of course before you even check us out, check out AJ, man. This dude's the man, and make sure to check out his podcast, too. Hey, and most right. importantly, undrafted sports, wherever we are. Big chats. Check all of us out. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, these Again, these guys never disappoint. This is AJ Torson calling strikes. Uh, this is undrafted sports. And everybody, have a good one. Everybody here deserves it. And have a good night. See you.